How does TMS, or transcranial magnetic stimulation, help to treat depression and other disorders of the brain? Is it more effective than drugs? You are listening to Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. Charles Epstein, Professor of Neurology at Emory University School of Medicine. He is Director of Operative Monitoring and the Founder and Director of the Laboratory for Magnetic Stimulation at Emory Hospital. Welcome, Dr. Epstein. I'm glad to be here, Mark. Today we are discussing transcranial magnetic stimulation, or TMS. What is TMS, Dr. Epstein? TMS is something that our predecessors in medicine tried for over a hundred years to attain and that we only now have the technology to accomplish. What do you mean by that? I think everybody probably remembers high school physics and electromagnets where a coil of wire would create a magnetic field and the magnetic field would do things, most often just act like a magnet. Uh -huh. If we make a very powerful magnetic field using a coil of wire about the size of your fist, we can put that on the head and by electromagnetic induction, the same thing as radio waves, we can cause neurons in the brain to fire. And we can do interesting things to the brain, usually with no discomfort and usually in a way that's completely harmless. How do we know that? We know that from many studies of animals. We know that from research studies of hundreds of human beings. And we know it from the fact that at this point, tens of thousands of humans have received transcranial magnetic stimulation for different purposes and problems, mostly in the form of seizures, have actually been extremely rare. We think we know how to adjust the parameters and intensity of the magnetic field to stay in a very safe zone. Well, how long has transcranial magnetic stimulation been around? Effective transcranial magnetic stimulation has been around just about 20 years. Historically, though none of us were around, doctors have been trying to do things like this for a long time. Believe it or not, a hundred years ago, as many as one-third of all the doctors in the United States had electromagnetic machines in their offices that they used in attempts to treat patients. Really? This is true, and there are many pictures and historical accounts. What is the basis for their using these machines? How did they base it on what scientific evidence? I'm afraid they didn't have much evidence because they didn't know nearly as much as we do about how the brain works and because they had very few tools that they could use to study how the brain works. It seems to be 
almost a built-in fact of human nature that whenever somebody discovers a new electrical or magnetic device, the second thing they do with it is to put it on a head and hope it makes a disease better. <laughs> now, clearly, these magnets are very different than the magnets that are used in an MRI, correct? That's correct. The field in an MRI is very powerful, most commonly around 1.5 Tesla, which is around 10,000 times stronger than the magnetic field of the Earth. But the MRI has a static field. It stays the same within about 1%. In magnetic stimulation, the magnetic field is changing very, very fast. And it has a very high current, thousands of amperes. And that very rapid change in the magnetic field like an electrical generator, is what induces electrical currents inside the brain and causes neurons to fire. So it's not the magnetic flux in of itself, but the pulsed nature of it which causes the changes in the brain? That's right. If you have just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, professor of surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and we are speaking with Dr. Charles Epstein, professor of neurology at the Emory University School of Medicine. He is director of operative monitoring and the founder and director of the Laboratory for Magnetic Stimulation at Emory Hospital. Today we are discussing transcranial magnetic stimulation, or TMS. Dr. Epstein, how do you use TMS? For what clinical conditions? The hottest application for TMS right now is treatment of depression. This is actually an approved therapy in a few countries. It has been submitted for FDA approval in the United States. And how often do you give this treatment to patients undergoing treatment for depression? Most commonly, treatment is given once a day for an interval of 10 to 30 minutes, sometimes for a week, sometimes for up to several weeks. There are a lot of possible ways of tweaking TMS in terms of how you arrange the electromagnetic pulses, how many times a day you give it, how strong the field should be, and quite honestly, this is not fully worked out at present. And do you use any anesthesia, or does this not hurt the patient? There's no need for anesthesia. Occasionally, it is mildly uncomfortable, but it is not painful, and having been involved in the treatment of well over 100 patients at this point, I can't remember anyone who had to drop out of treatment because of pain. Well, specifically, how many magnets do you put on someone's head and where? There's only one at a time. As I said, the smallest ones are about the size of your fist, if you have a large male fist. 
some of them are considerably larger. And there's usually room for only one, which is ordinarily for depression treatment placed in the left prefrontal region just above the forehead. Now, exactly, do you use this as an adjunct to a chemical treatment of depression or psychotherapy or as a standalone treatment? It's been used both ways. It's not clear yet whether TMS can be synergistic with chemical therapy and psychotherapy or whether it might possibly be better used by itself. People are trying it both ways. But what exactly has been shown that this transcranial magnetic stimulation does? In double-blind studies in many laboratories around the world, it's been shown that a significant proportion of people with refractory severe disabling depression will improve with transcranial magnetic stimulation. Now, is there any difference in the way this works as compared to uh, shock therapy? There is. Shock therapy requires induction of an epileptic seizure. There are a few small hints that electrical shock with an electrical current might do some good without inducing a seizure, but the overwhelming evidence is you have to make an epileptic seizure with electroshock therapy. TMS does not require an epileptic seizure, and the tiny chance of getting one by mistake is something we take some effort to avoid. Now, clearly, depression is something that is reasonably common in the medical arena, when and who do you decide should get this type of treatment? Right now in the United States, TMS is an experimental treatment. So we are obliged to try it only in people who have failed conventional treatment in terms of medicine and psychotherapy. Now, when you do an experimental treatment, how do you present it to the patient? Well, Mark, we now live, all of us, with very comprehensive regulations on research ethics. So we have to present this straight. We say this is an experimental treatment. There is evidence that it has helped a substantial number of people. It does not help everybody. As far as we can tell at this point in its development, it appears to be fairly safe. The benefit, if it occurs, may last for many months or may wear off after a few weeks. And in the process of doing this experimentally, we will be collecting a lot of information on you, the patient, to find out as much as we can about the effects of TMS and its safety and how much benefit it produces. Well, are there any adverse side effects? As I said, very rarely seizures. I think it would be an honest estimate to say 
that there are drugs on the market for psychiatric indications right now that are more likely to give you a seizure than TMS. A few people have had a headache with it or afterward. It is almost never severe and has, in my experience, never interrupted treatment. I want to thank Dr. Charles Epstein, who has been our guest. We have been discussing transcranial magnetic stimulation. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.